Jared Scaldi Show, live from Gameworks at Newport on the Levee. Now, alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, here's your host, Nick Brunker. All right, welcome back. Happy New Year, everybody. 2012 is here, and we are back at Gameworks, live at Newport on the Levee. This is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show, alongside Rob Roberts and the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. I'm Nick Brunker. Glad you could be with us as we look ahead to another busy week, another three and three. We knew it was going to happen eventually with all the uh, the scheduling quirks that we had in the early uh, going of the year where there were basically one game, maybe two games a week. And, and now here we are in January and February. This is the type of week we're going to get to discuss almost weekly now. And uh, obviously we have to, uh, games to discuss from the long road trip over the weekend to Elmira and uh, to Wheeling. We'll recap Wednesday's win over Greenville and a whole lot more. We'll take your questions as well. Ryan Ansley as well as as the new goaltender for the Cyclones, Brad Vogel, will be with us as we move through the hour as well. Yes, give it up for Brad and for uh, for Ryan, their first-timers. All right, let's uh, break down the week that was, then we'll look ahead to the upcoming week. We'll start with Greenville. Uh, at that point in the, in the week, it, it was a situation where you never want to assume that you're going to have to work extra hard to pick up a victory, but uh, you go into to that game assuming that it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take discipline, and it's going to take a, a, a lot of, uh, of consistency from start to finish to get that win. What do you know? You got it. Yeah, I mean, without leading up to that game was, uh, you know, a challenge in itself, in itself, the fact that, you know, Brian Foster went straight up to the Florida Panthers, and uh, we were fortunate enough to get, uh, get Brad and got him in the night before, and then, um, you know, we still found ourselves a few bodies short, and uh, uh, deep, uh, dug deep into the Rolodex to find a couple guys. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, um, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, they, they, had, a, they had a solid lineup. We had definitely some uh, spots in our lineup that we were going to be counting on some people to fill. And, um, you know, it was just one of those emotional games that, you know, uh, the message to the guys going that game was we were not going to sit back and just play a, a trapping game and cross our fingers and hope that uh, we, we limit their scoring opportunities and try to win it one nothing. And, uh, you know, if we're going we're gonna to lose a hockey game, let's go at least down trying to mm-hmm. win the hockey game. And uh, I thought that our guys, we came out aggressive. We... We frustrated them. The fact that uh, you know, when they looked at our lineup compared to theirs, there, there's no question this should have been point night for Greenville. And yep. uh, um, you know, it just kept uh, kept the momentum going, the energy high, and uh, found ways to score some goals. And uh, some of their guys got frustrated. And then uh, next, you know, we got ourselves a six-three hockey game, mm-hmm. uh, a win. So it was a uh, it was a fun game to be a part of. The guys were pretty excited, and uh, you know, it was a good uh, good start to the week. It was a message that that began from the very beginning of the day. You talked about. Uh, earning the respect, they are disrespecting you guys, and and, and they don't think that this is going to be a, a difficult game at all to win. And I think that message really carried through. You could feel in the locker room as the game went along, even in the first couple of periods when it was anybody's contest, that that they were not going to let the foot off the accelerator at all. No, I think, uh, you know, we talked to guys in the morning about, uh, you know, guys like Mike Pellick and, 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 you know, guys that... Uh, uh, you know, even our young guys, like, you know, we don't have to take a backseat to anybody just because we're short a few players. Yep. And, um, you know, they've got some guys that, that have been around a little bit. And, you know, we're going in this hockey game to win it. We're not going to take a backseat to them. And I think, uh, uh, you know, got them a little riled up early in the morning, a little pissed off the fact that, uh, you know, maybe the Greenville's thinking this was going to be a cakewalk for them. So, yep. um, you know, they came to the rink ready to go. And that was, a, you know, a 60-minute effort that uh, – you know, we, we got some timely goals. Obviously, having Joel Champagne down was a big bonus, and, you know, he had a big night, probably his mm-hmm. biggest night as a Cyclone. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately for us, just the one game. But, um, you know, everybody stepped up that night, and it was, it was a, just like I said, a fun game to be a part of. Rob? 
Speaking of Fogel, you get him the night before, but it seemed like after that first period, though, he was really able to, to settle down and he got into the groove those last two periods. He really stepped up in his first uh, professional game at the, at, at the E level. Yeah, you know, he, uh, he's got, had a good record in Quad Cities. Heard a lot of good things about him. He got an opportunity up in Rockford early on in the year. And, um, you know, so he, uh, you know, he came in and did a good job. His first game in the ECHL and, uh, uh, you know, under, the, under those circumstances also where, we, where we've got some guys missing uh, up front and in the back end. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he settled in nicely. He uh, misplayed the one, uh, one puck early, got a little hairy. I'm sure you can ask Brad about that, that first one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he settled in pretty quickly and, um, you know, he played fantastic for us. Rob? Uh, speaking of, of things getting hairy, of course, you had to, Nick had to play goalie or, or attempt to play goalie. Is, uh, he opened the door a lot that night. Yeah, but how much did you actually want to put him into the game there at the end? Oh, I think it would have been fun to have Nick. Uh, There's three minutes to go. I think we got up 6-3. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I gave um, uh, Rob Schreiner a shift, uh, just <laughs> thanking for the driving down. And um, I looked at Nick, and I just couldn't. The league would have been too, uh, too irate like with that. me. No, it, you know, obviously the, the rules of the emergency goalie is uh, your goaltender has to be injured. And uh, I would have loved to put Nick in. I think that would have been a, a fun thing for our guys and a fun thing for you guys to, uh, <laughs> to see Nick, uh, Nick in that there. But uh, there's no way I could have put him in. But um, we'll see. Maybe another time, Nick. We'll see. I'll be standing by. Uh, and thanks to Rob as well for, uh, for pinch hitting for me for that night. He was... Uh, on the air doing play-by-play -play for the Cyclones on the radio network for the very first time. So thank you for, uh, for stepping in and, and taking the reins for, for one day at least. Uh, headlines today, uh, roster-wise, Rob Slaney is back uh, as he has been reassigned to the club from Milwaukee. Uh, I think kind of a long time coming. He's been up there in and out of the lineup, so he'll get a chance to, to add to your centerman uh, core this weekend in a 3-3. Three and three. And then the other news coming about somewhere in the neighborhood of about 3.30 to 4 o'clock. I can't remember when they sent the press release of Officially, we kind of knew on the bus last night it was probably going to happen um, as the uh, the goaltender up at the next level, uh, Jacob Markstrom, had tweaked his knee a little bit. Not terribly bad, uh, but he is out for Florida. And uh, and so obviously with that being the case, Foster goes up. Yeah, Brian Foster is going to back up for the Florida Panthers tonight, his first, uh, you know, first game in the National Hockey League. So, uh, you know, I, I talked to uh, Chuck and Mike Santos uh, this afternoon. And, um, you know, it's nice to see a guy that did a great job for us and, you know, got, got us some wins, I think, 7-1 and one, uh, since he's been here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to see him get rewarded to go practice in the, with the Florida Panthers is a great opportunity. Now to see him uh, in a National Hockey League game, I think, is a great experience for him and, um, you know, hopefully something that can springboard, uh, you know, his career further on. Rob? Speaking of which, you, you played yourself at the show. Talk about the feelings that Foster is going to go through tonight, being able to dress for that first time and take the ice for the first time in the, in the actual game situation with the Panthers. Well, I, I think the first uh, thing is you, you just can't believe it's happening. Like, you just absolutely cannot believe you're getting this opportunity, something you've, uh, you know, dreamt about your whole life, and, and now it's really coming true. Uh, coming true. And it's uh, as the day goes along and you get to the rink and then when you step on that mm -hmm. ice for the first time, you just can't believe you're, you're sharing the ice with some of the people that are out there. And uh, um, I know he's going to enjoy it. And, um, you know, obviously a little different circumstances, uh, not much pressure uh, as, a, as a backup. But I can tell you if, uh, if Clemenson ever goes down, I'm, I, I would imagine Fozzie's going to be pretty <laughs> nervous and stuff. But it's, uh, it's just a, it's a surreal moment. It's something that you just absolutely cannot believe is happening. And, uh, you know, it's almost like you don't want the day to end. So... Uh, 
you know, we're happy for Fozzie, and uh, we'll see how long he stays up. Speaking of the NHL, former Cyclone Ryan Russell made his NHL debut uh, on, what was it, Saturday night in Los Angeles with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, had about 13 minutes of ice time, actually, some of which, uh, almost four minutes, actually, on the penalty kill. So uh, certainly an exciting time for him, and uh, our congratulations, former Cyclone and uh, Kelly Cup champion uh, Ryan Russell. So certainly exciting for, for that guy. And uh, and as, a, as Cyclones Nation continues to build and, and you watch players grow and years go along, I think this is going to be more of a common situation than, than it is uh, the opposite. Yeah, I mean, we've had some, uh, you know, especially I think we're going to see some guys from this year that are, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old that, you know, uh, not this year, maybe not next year, but maybe in a few years, uh, some guys that uh, potentially could be playing for their affiliates or some other uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's exciting. I think any time you, you, you watch someone for over the course of a season or a couple seasons and then you get to see them uh, live out their dream and get that opportunity at the National Hockey League level, I think it's a great, uh, great credit to them and the organization. Give us a lay of the land with the roster. I have it in front of you, obviously. It's been fluid all season long. Uh, so for those that, that may be wondering kind of where things are at, we know obviously now Slaney is coming back from Milwaukee. Uh, what is the status on guys like Brian O'Hanley, Daniel Coger, Matthew Alban, who, by the way, picked up his first American Hockey League goal with Bridgeport just a couple of days ago? Tell us where we're at. Well, with Brian O'Hanley, you know, he's only played two about the last uh, seven, eight games for Worcester. Um, you know, the, the, they're in a situation there where they know if he, they send him down, uh, he may not even make it to Cincinnati. Uh, another American League team would be picking him up. So they're kind of holding off. I know they've made him an offer on a contract. It's a two-way contract, but he's, um, you know, obviously looking for a one-way for them to make a commitment to him. So um, his, uh, his PTO runs out this week, and at that point, they're going to have to make a decision on him. So... Um, you know, the good thing for Brian, he's in a good place. He, he likes Worcester, and, um, you know, if they do decide to reassign him, I know there will be other opportunities. Now it's up to Brian on, you know, what he wants to do. He put himself in a pretty good situation now where yep. uh, American League teams know he's reliable, know that he can play at that level. It's just a matter of one of them making that commitment to him. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll see Brian O'Hanley at all. Um, you know, we'll see how the rest of this week plays out with uh, Daniel Coger. He uh, was healthy scratched a couple times this weekend, but uh, speaking to the Boston Bruins today, they're, uh, they, they like him. They, there's something there. There's definitely something that uh, uh, they feel he can help us out, help them out. He hasn't produced at that level yet. If you look at his stat line, he really hasn't at not much production. So uh, they're looking for that. He's going to play uh, in Providence this weekend. He'll mm-hmm. be up with them. And at that point after the weekend, they're going to make a decision on uh, – what they want to do with him or where we're at in our, from our roster. Obviously, we're going at all-star break. Yep. But uh, beyond that, whether uh, we'll get him back. And then with Avi, you know, he was supposed to come back after this weekend and uh, a couple more injuries. He played well. Like you said, Nick, he scored a goal. And uh, he's probably going to be up with them throughout this week and the weekend. Speaking of uh, all the different things going on in Cyclones world, not only roster-wise but promotional-wise, there are a lot of things going on this weekend at U.S. Bank Arena. Uh, For those that that do not know already, it is the Cyclones winter hat night, the Nick kind of bomber-style hat that we'll be giving away to the first 2,000 fans on Friday. Mike Liambis was kind enough to uh, to model that if you're driving down I-75, 275, 71, and I think on I-74, you can kind of see it through the flip. You got Buss's mug right there next to the Cyclones. Cyclones logo and a hat. And then on the following night, Saturday night, first 1,500 kids ages 2 to 12 receive a Mike Liambus kids jersey t-shirt. And I know Buss, when I told him that he had made the uh, the jersey tee, he was fired up. Yeah, he's, he's pretty excited. Uh, you know, I think anytime, I think that's one of the greatest promotions, those t-shirts that, the, the, that we do. And, you know, from a, an honor from a player to have, uh, 
Is it 2,000, 3,000? 1,500. 1,500 shirts, T-shirts made up with your name on the back. I think it's the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I've seen O'Hanley and Sprouts around this town all over for, uh, <laughs> for a while. I think I've got about six or seven in Skate's closet <laughs> anyway. So, um, no, it's great. I'm really excited for Bus, and uh, I think that being on the billboard and that. And, you know, he's, he's fully invested in this team and this organization and our fans. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he absolutely loves it here, and he loves – Loves competing, loves competing in front of our fans and then this organization. Uh, uh, we're very fortunate to have a guy like that with that passion. Before we recap the weekend, uh, let's tell, talk a little more about Liambus. With, with Aubin up uh, and out at the, uh, the AHL level, he's kind of taken the reins as expected as that leader in the room, both vocally and, uh, and, and on the ice as well, by example. What kind of uh, things have you noticed about him in his development? Because he came here with a chance and a, an opportunity to get some ice time. He was getting some at a forward position, and now he's a defenseman getting regular shifts. Tell me about how you feel as a coach who, who brought him in and saw something in him, knew what he could bring, and has developed since he brought him. Well, it's great to watch him mature. I mean, uh, I, I've had him for a few years in the past and, uh, you know, diff different times and lengths of times. And, um, you know, to see him start developing into that leader that, that you know he is, and it's a matter of him getting to, to play. I think that was the biggest thing is now on defense when he gets a regular shift, he can be a lot more vocal in the room. Um, everybody looks up to him in that locker room. Um, it's almost like you don't want to let him down because you know he's going to be out there competing hard every night. So um, he's a natural fit to be, uh, be one of our leaders, and he's getting more and more comfortable with it as we go along. We've got a very young group. Um, you know, we're asking uh, guys to do a lot from, uh, from playing time to situation, but also to lead. You know, guys like Garrett Wilson and, and younger guys that we're asking these guys at 20, 21 years old to step into a leadership position. So especially with Abby out and OH gone. So... Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a tremendous opportunity for young guys. That was a message the other day to guys that you guys are getting a great opportunity that you wouldn't get on any other teams, you know, where you might have to take a, you know, a secondary role in the locker room to certain guys. But here you are at uh, 20 years old and getting all this responsibility and, and, and being able to be vocal and being able to demonstrate on the ice your, your leadership ability. So it's tremendous. And to have a guy like Bus who, you know, Bus does all the things right off the ice. I mean, he's 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 uh, dedicated to being the best shape possible. He's dedicated to his teammates, and and he's infectious. Mm -hmm. he, you want to be around Mike Leambus. You want to follow a guy like that. And I think uh, uh, he, as a coach, you couldn't ask for any role better role model or, or, or leader on a team than a guy like Mike Leambus. And he and Chet Picker were both at the rink today on an off day, no less. Of course, Pick wanted to get some more ice time. Leambus with him as well. Uh, so that was good to see them, even on an off day, getting a chance. Rob, you had a question. You're talking about all the young guys trying to pick up this uh, leadership role. How do you think that will help benefit this team, especially going down into a playoff stretch that you guys are getting ready to, to come along? How do you think this stretch with those young guys will benefit you in the long haul? I think it's tremendous for the learning curve of these young guys because, you know, they're, we, we've already been in, you know, 20-plus 20, 20 games, almost 30 games into the season, and, you know, they've already been tested. You know, we've been tested all along from day one. We've been in some – some battle situations. We've been into a few overtime situations, some some different things where these guys have been counted on. You know, when you need to get a face-off with a minute to go when you, you've got a 3-2 lead, we've got four, four rookies on the ice. You know, that's mm -hmm. tremendous opportunity for these guys, and, and, and the most of them have really responded to it. So as the season goes along, they're going to continue to be in these situations that, you know, come, mm -hmm. you know, March and April when we really – really need them to bear down and we really count on them I think they're going to be they're going to be ready to go I mean you look at a, the flip side with an Anthony Luciani when you need a goal you know here's a guy 20 years old 21 that you know he, he needs to be a game breaker for us and um, you know he's, he's been given that opportunity he's responded 
a few times already this year. And, and as we get further and further down, we're going to be counting on guys like that. So um, I think it's great that we get in some of these, uh, we've been in some emotional games, some big battles, some physical games. We've been blown out a couple times, and it's a great learning lesson for these guys. You know, we've had some tough nights, but they've been right there battling right through for the uh, final 60 minutes. So it's a, it's a great, uh, great thing for all these young guys, and I think at the end of the day, we're all going to benefit for it. We'll take your questions as well. If you want to stop up and ask the coach or me or Rob or anybody else a question between now and the end of the show at 8 o'clock, feel free. Mike is here, and uh, we will give it to you, and we can uh, take your questions. We have a couple off email, too, that we will get to in just a bit. Now let's, uh, let's recap the weekend. Obviously not the results that you wanted, but here's my opinion, and you can talk about it in your assessment. I always kind of thought and knew that the North Division tends to be the toughest hard-nosed division in this league. Western Conference, Eastern Conference, it doesn't matter. Uh, the games in our division tend to be, I would say, the, the most physical, the most tough to play in on a nightly basis. I got that feeling coming into the season, and it was confirmed this weekend. We see Wheeling on Friday, back-to-back games Saturday, Sunday in Elmira. Uh, there were times where easily you guys could have pulled ahead and won all three games. In fact, if you're going to go in the big picture and say which team was better on the ice despite the results... The Cyclones were a better team than both you played this weekend. Would you, would you agree with that? I felt at times in, in Wheeling, I thought we really, uh, we really controlled the place. When we, were, when we were doing the things that we need to do to be successful, I thought we were the better team. I thought we got a little away from it. I think the, the biggest thing that happened to us this weekend, and um, you know, it's nothing uh, against the guys that we got down, but you know, Garrett Wilson and De- uh, Joe Devin and um, you know, David Leader, it's almost like our team took a deep breath and, and, and could relax for a second because we just went – you know, six games with, with, with six different lineups and, and found ways to win, and they're emotional games. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden we get, uh, we get some help, and I felt we took a, you know, just that little breather, and that's all it took. I mean, we, we came out flat in Wheeling. We got down 2 nothing. We had to play catch-up the whole game. We gave ourselves an opportunity at, at 3-2. We had a power play opportunity that, you know, could have been a big difference in the game. But, yep. uh, you know, that just shows, uh, you know, the fine line between winning and losing, and we, we, we found the right ways to win we won six in a row, and now uh, we, can't, uh, we can't let off for a second. You can't take that breath and, and say the, the, the help is on its way because, and, yep. and, and, and you know, we should be better. We should be better with uh, Garrett Wilson and Joe Devin in our lineup. So, uh, you know, I thought that was a good, uh, um, you know, good, good lesson for some guys that, uh, you know, there's going to be no easy games here, and you can't rely on those guys to come down here and, and, and pull us out of any, any situation we're in. So, and as the weekend went along, I thought uh, – uh, you know, Elmira is a, a hard-working team. You know, they're 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 a little they're a big, big on defense, and their forwards work really hard. And I thought, uh, you know, they caught caught some of our guys off guard a little bit with that work, that consistent work ethic that they had for 120 minutes. I mean, they yep. they continue to work, but when we started matching their work ethic and and pushing the pace, we really I thought took over those games. And again. Um, on Sunday, we had every opportunity to get two points out of that building. It was interesting. The one guy that I was most looking forward to seeing on an opposition all season long was a guy that ended up not skating a single second over the weekend, which was Craig Reve, uh, a longtime NHL uh, star and, uh, and certainly a guy that you know about and know and played against in, in your days. Uh, did you have a chance to see him or talk to him at all over the weekend? No, I didn't get a chance to see him. I was like you, Nick. It was, uh, you know, good to see a guy like that, see how he's still, uh, you know, how well he can play. I mean, I know he's been there all year and stuff, but, uh, you know, I thought the, 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 the most interesting storyline of the weekend was the Devon brothers with, yeah. uh, you know, Joe and Mike, uh, you know, they've never, ever played against each other at, any, at anything. Um, you know, being, 
you know, identical twins and, uh, you know, playing youth hockey together and junior hockey and then college together and, you know, an agent making a decision that it's probably best if the brothers uh, uh, split and kind of find their own way. And it was uh, it's interesting talking to uh, their, his parents on Sunday morning and the mom who was just a nervous wreck watching both her boys <laughs> play against each other, one a forward, one a defenseman. So uh, it's amazing at, you know, 23, 24 years old, uh, the first time they've ever competed against each other. And I looked at, at Joe before the game, talked to them, actually interviewed him on uh, the first intermission, Enterprise Rent-A-Car first intermission show on, I think it was Saturday. It was. It was the first meeting between the two clubs. Yeah, you could just tell they were both really excited for the experience. And regardless of how things turned out, uh, to, to see them, and they look identical. They, you know, you, sometimes you can tell them apart. I really couldn't. I know some people say they can. I, I certainly could not. But it was fun just to see that because in this game, you, you don't have a lot of those types of, of, of players. Obviously, the Sedin twins. But uh, outside of those, uh, very few names come to mind with, with, with twins in hockey. Yeah, it, it, was, it was terrific. I mean, I, I know uh, Joe's excited. Uh, you know, I, I obviously disappointed getting sent down from San Antonio, but no, no better timing us uh, heading into uh, Elmira for two games, gets a chance to see his brother and, uh, and his family. So, uh, you know, it was good. I, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to uh, get Mike Devin this summer, and, um, you know, it didn't work out. The agent had decided, like I said, to, to pursue other teams. But, um, you know, he's a good player. He's a guy that we could absolutely uh, use right now, a big uh, – Right shot defenseman with size. So, um, you know, he, he did very well. He had a good weekend. And, uh, you know, um, like we said, it was a good storyline, but uh, not the results we were looking for. We have a question. Uh, a guy I've been waiting to ask a question all season long. He normally is with us. Uh, Mike, who, who is not here tonight, apparently a little under the weather, but he sent me an email today with a question for you. And I will read it, and you can respond however you see fit. He says, quote, it's not uncommon for a team to be a little better on the road or a little better at home. However, for the clones, that difference is drastic. I would like to know what your explanation, Coach, is the, uh, for the disparity. Also, what do you have planned to remedy the road performances? He says personnel can't have too much to do with it as the team was winning at home with a depleted lineup. Your response? Didn't he ask that last year why we couldn't win at home but we could win on the road? It was a good question. Same, same question, but reverse. What's the date on that? 2010. Oh, yep, there's, there's a reason. You know, if I had the answer last year, I, I, <laughs> you know, we could not win a hockey game at home. Uh, we loved getting on the road, and we would go out there and win three in a row in Florida and go down south and whatever. It didn't matter. We were winning on the road, and we'd come home, and it was like a totally different team. And, uh, you know, this year we've, uh, we just love being at home. It's a great atmosphere. It's... Uh, it's great to, when the guys get out there and we've had success. And then, you know, our games on the road, you know, like I said, it's such a fine line. I mean, we've had so many great battles at, uh, uh, in some road games. We've had games where we've had the lead and we haven't been able to hold on to them. We've just, uh, you know, the other night, uh, you know, we, we have all the momentum. We tie it up. We get a four on three in overtime to get that extra point. We just can't uh, find a way. I mean, to... To explain it, um, you know, we, we obviously we tr look at different things. We try different things from the time we leave, whether we leave from Northlands, whether we leave from U.S. Bank Arena. Uh, we, we feed the guys now at U.S. Bank Arena before they leave mm -hmm. instead of allowing them to go out and have their own meal. That way we know they're having a proper meal. So we look at all kinds of different things. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, to sit here and, and, and pinpoint it, uh, I, I can't tell you an answer that I have specifically yeah. that why 
why we, we are so good at home and struggle on the road. And I think the only thing that, that I can think about, and it's not really a reason, but just kind of a point of fact, uh, you look at the final scores in those road games, it's not like this team leaves U.S. Bank Arena and gets stomped every single night when they're away from 100 Broadway. They, they played in, in an amazing amount of one-goal games. Uh, I think up until the weekend, the, the percentage was something like 57 or 58% of their games, almost 60% at one point last week of their games were decided by a goal. Uh, so uh, you, you take a look at the numbers overall uh, and you, you even break down a game like on, on Sunday where you were down by two in the third period. You find a way to come back. Uh, you salvage a point, which is, which is admirable in that sense. Uh, it's not like you're going on the road and you're, you're just completely uh, mismatched. Yeah. Uh, they're good games, and that's the same at home. Sometimes the, the bounces have gone your way more so at home than away. Yeah, we've had some great bounces at home. I mean, Avi shooting that one in from center ice, the wrister that goes yeah. in, you know, Garrett, Garrett, Will, uh, Stu, uh, Garrett Suter with that uh, 20 seconds left against Trenton scores a goal. You know, Anthony Luciani with a minute 12 left scores a goal. You know, we've had some games at home that just, uh, you know, have been very exciting, and, and we've been fortunate to end up uh, getting the two points, and it seems to be the flip side of the road. We go into Chicago with a 3 nothing lead. We outshoot a team 52 to whatever that was. We, we don't even come out with a point in it. Right. You know, we've... Uh, you know, we've had some, uh, you know, sort of the first game of the year, a 1-1 game against Kalamazoo, the, a puck that goes off the crossbar and counted as a goal that, you know, just some, some stuff has happened. And, um, you know, but we'll, we'll find a way. It's definitely, we're right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a matter of a fine line there that we just got to make sure that we're on the, on the right side of it and just continue to plug away. Mike has a question for the coach. Mike, you go ahead. Nick, <clears throat> Nick coach. Hello. Uh, I disagree with that reverse deal your what Mike that email you, you disagree with his what he, what his he statement says. okay I mean, he's saying players don't matter I mean he says on. personnel personnel doesn't matter well, it's not about personnel I think that was attack at me Mike if that's what you're wondering well what I'm trying to say is when we lost Foster and we got Fogle I mean it's it's great experience for Fogle to get get some uh, goal time you know you, you probably need him the rest of the year, e- either as a um, first line or a backup. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and something uh, we have to we, we have to sort out. I mean, Chet's coming off injury, and uh, you know, with Brian Foster being up and and all that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we're fortunate to have Brad, and you know, he's going to get every opportunity here. And also, I mean, that six-game winning streak at at home, or most of them was at home, but Foster was the main goalie. Yeah, on those. I mean, Fogel came in. I thought he did an excellent job for his first debut, and everything. And uh, yeah, no, he, uh, Brad's doing very well. We'll get an opportunity to ask him some questions. But um, you know, we're we're going to be counting on Chet. Also, I mean, uh, you know, he's got to he's got to come back after taking some time off and find his game because, like Nick said, our schedule. You know, we're. You know, Brad went four out of five this week, and uh, that's yep. a heavy workload for anybody. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we, you need two goalies. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. at, at this time of year, we're going to be counting on two guys, and, uh, you know, Brad's going to get every opportunity mm-hmm. to earn, earn that or keep that spot on this team. And we were sitting there in the uh, coach's office after one of the practices, I think, or, or maybe it was after Wednesday night's game, uh, and you had kind of established that, that Chet was probably not going to be able to, to play over the weekend. And you said, you're going to go three and three. And he's like, all right. 
just kind of said, all right, whatever, going in and went back to the locker room and, and sure enough did very well and uh, kept you guys in the game all weekend long. And there was certainly uh, a bunch of saves, including one in the shootout on, uh, on Sunday that was, that was spectacular. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 his first save in the shootout was a great save. And, um, you know, it's just one of those games that, uh, you know, they found a way. And, uh, uh, you know, with all that momentum, I thought for sure we were going to get it in overtime. I mean, our bench was so fired up and you know we just continue to press on and uh would have been nice to get one in overtime but uh you know like i said we'll uh we keep plugging away here doing doing the right things and mm -hmm. uh you know keep uh keep reminding these guys of uh, the opportunities that they have to uh from top to bottom uh with this team last question before the break rob go ahead you know you are two and know in the last two seasons when uh Brunk dresses up uh, as the backup goalie so uh if you're looking to snap any streaks just uh the old number 35 uh, between the pipes. Well, here's the thing, Rob. We have to review the tapes on you first before we can put him <laughs> in. Because so, we're not sure if uh, you're up to snuff on your broadcasting. We don't know if we want Nick and Ned or in the broadcast booth, bud. Okay? <laughs> wow. A low blow at the break. <laughs> Coach will be back with us in a bit. Coming up next, it's the new goaltender for the Cyclones, Brad Fogel. He's here next on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show on the Cyclones Radio Network. Is CyclonesHockey.com. Listening to CyclonesHockey.com. Back to it, another segment live on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Glad you are with us on this Monday night. Back again next week after a three and three Cyclones at home Friday, Saturday for Winter Hat Night on Friday. Mike Liemis Jersey T-shirt night on Saturday, and then Sunday we will make our way back up to Wheeling. Hopefully, we'll bring our earplugs just in case. All right, let's get to our next guest, a man who's making his co coaches show debut after coming to Cincinnati last week and was thrown into the fire right out of the gate. He posted a 93-11-2 career record at Adrian College and, and certainly has uh, followed up those numbers with a solid start in Quad City this year before getting the call from uh, Coach Scaldi to come here. Give it up for your goaltender, Brad Fogel. Brad, how are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, first of all, your, your first road trip under your belt with the Cyclones. Tell me how you felt it went despite the records. How did you feel in that? Um, I felt good. You know, I, uh, I arrived uh, Tuesday morning, so it was a quick turnaround before my first game. And I kind of got thrown right into it. Uh, but it's a good thing, you know, not too much time to think about it. And uh, you, know, you jump right in and uh, get that first game under your belt. Uh, it's always an adjustment. Uh, there's always an adjustment period coming to a new team. You know, you have a new, uh, new defensive core to learn. You know, you have to learn their tendencies. They have to learn yours. Um, new defensive zone, new offensive zone. Um, the more you can learn as a goalie and you, you know what's going on around you, the better um, you can read a play and you know, react to that situation. So to be thrown into you know, a four and five situation, as much as it's a good thing to get those games under your belt early and uh, you know, get your game legs underneath you, practice time helps and uh, in a situation like this, to get to know the guys, you know, we, we didn't really even get a, a day of practice, right. as, as you know. So, uh, you know, this week with uh, the week off, and uh, we had the day off today, we'll, you know, we'll start, uh, start back practicing uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Um, hopefully a, a week of practice will uh, allow me to get more familiar with the guys and uh, what's, what uh, the ins and outs here and, uh, you know, Hopefully uh, the next start will uh, will be better. As for the road trip, you know, 
my job here was to come in and, uh, and win games, as any goaltender's job was. So uh, to say I wasn't disappointed uh, with, the, with the three losses uh, here to close out, uh, close out the week would be, you know, would be a lie I am. Um, nobody likes losing, and especially me. So uh, I felt that uh, there were situations that I, I, I kept the guys in the game, but also, you know, there's also situations that you have to make those big saves that you're not expected to to keep sure. the guys in there. And, uh, you know, as a, as a goaltender, you never want one to go past you. So, you know, a loss is lost, and you take that personally, and especially when you're coming to a new team, you want, uh, want nothing more than uh, to stand up and, uh, you know, help those guys to victory. Rob? Coming to a new team, talk about how helpful it was to have a former teammate in Jeremy Claver on the squad, and uh, how did he help you transition into the locker room? Absolutely, you know, coming, uh, coming to a new city, new team, new league, um, to, have, uh, to have Claves here was, uh, was a big help, you know, as, uh, as soon as coach gave me the call there, he was the first guy that, uh, that I shot a text to and, uh, you know, gave him the heads up that I, that I was coming, you know, even before... Uh, even before my parents, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know how much uh, my agent knew about it yet before, uh, before Claves knew. So, you know, anytime you, you have at least one familiar face in the dressing room, it makes the transition easier, you know, shoot questions to, uh, you know, just to be able to look across the room and, uh, you know, know that there's somebody there that is talking, you know, that knows your tendencies and, you know, can answer questions other than yourself to the guys mm -hmm. is, uh, is, is pretty comforting. Take me through a pregame routine for you. Uh, every goalie's different, and I, as a, a guy who who likes the game and certainly appreciates that particular position, uh, take me through what you do on a game day to get yourself ready mentally and physically for for a game like that. Um, you know, every game's different. You know, you you have your you have your home tendencies. Obviously, they're uh, there's a, they're a lot more structured than uh, your away tendencies are because you never know what time you're going to get to the rink. Uh, you don't know what uh, what the rink facilities are like, so you can't really until you've played at a certain place a few times. You don't really get comfortable in in that place and have a routine down. But uh, you know, pregame skate, I like to take uh, you know as many shots as I can. Different different situations, get a good sweat in. You know, nothing too uh, nothing too strenuous. Just uh, you know, get a good feel for the ice and uh, you know. Good feel for the puck. Mm -hmm. When it comes to when it comes to game game time and arrive at the rink, it's uh, it's pretty robotic. You just, you want to be comfortable and just be able to do what you do without uh, without really thinking. It all starts with me grabbing uh, grabbing my sticks and uh, going and sitting in the in the stands. You know, cup of coffee and uh, just sit there and look out onto the ice and tape a stick and just relax. That's really you know the only time you get to really just sit back and relax and think about the game before you know every everything starts to get yeah. uh, kind of crazy yeah. um after coach's meeting it's uh you do a good warm-up get a good stretch in and uh hopefully get a uh, a sweat on and uh you know fif 15 minutes before we uh we go to hit the ice there for warm-up you know, you throw your throw your gear on and uh hopefully you time it right uh, <laughs> to walk right out the door onto the ice and uh from there on out, it's go time. Mm -hmm. Rob, another question? I want to go back to your, your college days sure. for a little bit and how that shaped you. Um, not only were you 93-11-2, but you had a 204 
uh, goals against in your four years. You're a four-time all-conference selection. You had the second save uh, percentage all-time in Division Three at 934. All-time conference wins at 70. All-time minutes played at 41-38. You were the first ever recruiting class at Adrian College as well. Talk about, and you played for in two national uh, championships, two Frozen Fours as well. Talk about how all that experience and everything that you learned there has helped you set up for what you're trying to do now in the E and work your way up to the A and eventually to the show. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I was getting recruited uh, by Adrian College, you know, it's a, a Division three school that nobody had heard of. You know, they were, when I was getting recruited in December, the... Uh, the plows had just come in and smoothed, uh, smoothed the area on campus for, for the rink. You know, they didn't even have a brick laid down. So when I got, uh, when I got to campus and was doing my tour and stuff, and Coach kind of walked out into the middle of the field and said, this will be your home for the next four years, <laughs> uh, you kind of you, you shake your head and you're like, really, Coach? You know, there, there's other schools that have, you know, 7,000-seat uh, arenas that are uh, – that are recruiting me too, but you know my coach uh, Ron Fogarty at Adrian did uh, did a heck of a job bringing in an unbelievable uh, first class there at Adrian College, and uh, to be able to to be able to start something and start a tradition, um, I think was uh, was very instrumental uh, to my success. You know, especially here in the here in the East Coast, or you you see a lot of guys on NHL contracts. Um, or guys that have been been drafted. You know, my my draft year, I was playing single A hockey in a small town in Ontario. So uh, you know, it it's been a lo- it's been a long road for me, and uh, to be able to go to Adrian and have the success that that we had um, early and throughout my four years has uh, has definitely shaped me and given me uh, the work ethic to start something small and uh, create it into uh, something that I get to do every day uh, as a job. Now talk about the experience that you had. You were able to play in the Big Chill at, uh, at Michigan Stadium. You guys were the game before the uh, Michigan State-Michigan hockey game. Talk about that experience and playing in front of 100,000-plus people on an outdoor rink like that and the kind of exposure that helped you get as well. Uh, well, l- let, me go, let me go back a little <laughs> bit. Uh, we, were, uh, we, were the fir- we were the first game on the ice at uh, the Big House. Um, but uh, definitely wasn't in front of 100,000 people. <laughs> 100,000 seats. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's 100,000 seats there. And trust me, it's a big stadium. It's even bigger when it's, uh, when it's empty. Uh, I think we had uh, four or 5,000 5, uh, people there to watch us. We, were the, we played the first game the week before. But, you know, any time you get a situation like that, it, it was unbelievable for us as, uh, as a team and as uh, – as a program to be able to do something like that is very special. You know, we, we got to dress in, you know, in the Michigan football dressing room with, uh, you know, just to be in that, in that atmosphere with all those great players that have gone through uh, that institution. And then uh, to walk out on, on the ice and uh, be in the middle of this you know, massive cathedral of college football was, uh, w- was something uh, very special and uh, something that I'll always have with me and take uh, take with me. Well, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Congratulations on your first ECHL win, and uh, we'll hopefully see many more between the pipes for you as the season goes along. Thank you very much. That's Brad Fogle, your new goaltender for the Cyclones. Coming up next, defenseman Ryan Ansley. He's here next as the Coors Light uh, Jared Scully show continues in a moment on the Cyclones Radio Network. 
Back to it, another segment live here at GameWorks in Newport on the levee as we roll on until 8 o'clock on this Monday night. Hope to see you at U.S. Bank Arena this weekend for a pair of games Friday and Saturday before coming back here again next Monday to talk with us. Our next guest is playing in his first season of professional hockey. Of course, you recognize him as the jersey number 12. He is a man that has also seen a lot of ice time of late as the Cyclones defensive core, as we all know, has been quite depleted. But I'm sure that is not uh, something that, that he will care much about. It's Ryan Ainsley. Ryan, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you doing? Dave? I'm great, man. It's, uh, it's good to see you. Certainly, uh, anytime you are a rookie coming in, uh, there is a, a learning curve. There's time to kind of get your feet underneath you. But you didn't really have much time for any of that because you get here and now all of a sudden you are one of the go-to guys, not only in 5-on-5, five five, but on the power play as well. Talk about your experience so far as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely coming in, getting a lot of ice time. you got to love that. No complaints there. Um, obviously a little older than some of the other rookies. Um, had an extra year of college there because I redshirted a year with some injuries, so that definitely helped coming in being a little more mature and uh you know obviously when, when there's a uh, good bunch of guys in the locker room it makes things a lot easier and we have that here so Boy, it seems too like every time that somebody comes in new uh, there is somebody in the locker room to, to extend their hand and say hello it, it's a very friendly place and i think for for guys like you although you got here from the very beginning but when you come in mid-season uh or you're maybe not in a familiar situation to have that type of a, of an environment well i would imagine is pretty helpful yeah definitely i mean uh i got a lot of buddies in this league and in other leagues and, and it's that's not the case everywhere you know you some guys come in they're nervous and maybe guys don't treat them with the most respect or whatnot and that yeah. doesn't help anything just going to make them more nervous and obviously that's uh -huh. just you know a snowball effect obviously not going to help the team so rob you guys talked about and you guys can tell the way you guys play on the ice just the chemistry and how much you guys do get along now Aubie's been here, and he talks about how he's a chirper and he likes to have fun. What kind of personality do you bring to the locker room yourself? Uh, I like to joke around a lot, more so you know, on the road, on the bus. You know, once you hit the dressing room, it's uh, you put your game face on, and it's it's a little more serious. You know, everyone has a routine. You don't want to interfere with that, but. Uh, Definitely when we're in the hotels and on the bus and stuff, I like to joke around with the guys True back story. at the apartments. True story. <laughs> so uh, any good jokes or anything that you that you like to do uh, on the road, or do you like to do any uh, rookie hazing, even though you're a rookie yourself? Yeah, no, it's tough to do any rookie stuff being a rookie. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes guys will throw a cup of water. Well, now we have our helmets uh, down low on the stalls, but if your helmet's up top, they'll put a cup of water under there. So you're taking yep. your helmet off, and oh, you get a splash in your yep. face, something like that. Now, so. did you guys have any fun with Brunks when he when he suited up the last couple of weeks? You know what? We we gave Brunks a pretty easy time. He's he's a veteran around here, so it's hard to <laughs> hard to get on Brunks. Yeah, you know? yeah, such as it is. Although the the water cup, it was actually Gatorade for me. Oh. Uh, it was at Northlands when we were skating there way back in the beginning <laughs> of the season. I had it I had it in the helmet. And I had it on the gloves. Oh, no. Because I set the gloves on top, and the gloves obviously has the little pocket for the, for the mitt. And, uh, and I'm sure it was Dan Eves. Yeah? I'm, I'm sure of it. So Berkey was doing some extra laundry that night. Oh, yes, he was. <laughs> he was indeed. Uh, obviously, playing in college has its, uh, its challenges, but also, uh, as you say, structure. Uh, tell me your experience at Niagara. Everybody has different experiences when they talk about playing in college and then coming pro. What was yours? Uh, Nothing but good things to say. I uh, had a great coaching staff there. It changed a little bit throughout my five-year time, but uh, Dave Burkholder was the mainstay, our head coach there. He was great, uh, great to me. Um, the guys that they recruited were all classy guys, and uh, that's something that, you know, is definitely a positive, and uh, we did pretty well. We had some success there. My sophomore year, we went to uh, the NCAA tournament, which was one of the um, most exciting moments of my career thus far. So I have uh, nothing but good things to say about Niagara in my time. When you win something like that, when you have a chance to be uh, on a team or even around a team that has had that type of success, 
Uh, what kind of things do you learn uh, that, that has helped you in your professional game? Although early, it's got to help you develop too. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it depends. I mean, uh, not everyone plays on championship teams, but when you do, you try and look at what made you successful that specific year. Um, with that team, uh, preparation was, it was a, a thing that we really keyed in on, and uh, I think that uh, kind of taking that more so from a personal standpoint, just getting ready for games. You know, I go through the same stretching routine and, and whatnot every game and just be prepared mentally and physically. You missed a few games because you were out uh, with, a, with a heart issue. Mm -hmm. Certainly, it's frustrating when you can't get out there, but for something like that, it, it's certainly a, a, a big deal. So you don't want to, to go too far and press it too quickly. Tell me about that whole experience for you because it, it came kind of surprisingly for all of us. And, and now that you're back on the ice and getting regular time, has it given you any perspective? Yeah, it was extremely strange. Just uh, started on a weekend. Just uh, I was feeling my heart was kind of skipping some beats. And then uh, we had a game on the Tuesday, I think, against Greenville. And I went into uh, see Bobo and just said, Bob, you know, can you take a lesson here? I, something's really acting up. So he... He listened. Uh, it was definitely weird. He called the doctors and kind of gave them, uh, you know, what was going on. They said, just play it by ear. And then I came back for the game time, and it had increased the amount of skip beats per minute. So wow. they kind of just said, you know, let's take some precautionary measures here, do some testing. Uh, went, did pretty much every test that, that I could, <laughs> which was good. I mean, yeah. with your heart or your head, you know, those are two, two things that you want to be, be very careful with. I mean, I've had lots of injuries in college. I had three surgeries on my shoulders and knees, and I would play through those any day. But with the heart and stuff, you just want to be sure that everything's working. And they said everything was fine, everything was normal, and the skip beats have uh, almost completely gone away now. So, That's great. Yeah. Great, great to hear. Rob, you had another question before we wrap up, or are you good? Anything less? Now, you've come into in your rookie season, you have stuff that you, that you want to work on and stuff that you feel that you can improve on as well. What kind of things are you looking to improve on uh, as the season goes on? Um, I think... You, you always want to be improving on every aspect of your game, but uh, the key is to kind of wean out what, what you're, you know, struggle with. Like, um, I'd like to definitely increase my shot power a little bit. Guys kind of get on me a little bit. They call me the muffin man every now and again <laughs> at practice and stuff. So that kind of game and then defensively just being more, uh, more physical. I'm not the biggest defenseman in the league, obviously, but uh, just, you know, using uh, my stick on the ice and stuff uh, to my strengths and then be a little more physical in the defensive zone. Well, sure. thank you for being with us and spending a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thanks and for from uh, a guy that had a chance during that game that I dressed to sit next to you in the <laughs> stall, a, an honor for me. I, oh, I appreciate me it. Me as well. We had a good time. That was <laughs> it, a lot was, of fun. it was a fun night. Yeah. Ryan Ansley, everybody, give it up for him. And we'll be back with the coach in just a second to wrap things up. Look ahead to the weekend on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show on the Cyclones Radio Network. Is the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. One last segment on this Monday night. The hour has flown by. We'll do it again next Monday night from 7 until 8 p.m. A couple of new willing participants from a player standpoint will be with us, hopefully. And we will obviously we'll, uh, be hoping to talk about three wins in three days. Let's quickly look ahead. Kalamazoo, although anything can happen between now and Friday, Brandon Svensson, their best player and arguably one of the best players in the conference, in my opinion, uh, has been recalled. So he is not going to be in the lineup unless he gets reassigned between now and then. Knock on wood that it doesn't happen that way. Kalamazoo, you're familiar with. Uh, you'll play Wheeling twice in a row, once here Saturday and then once on Sunday back there. Uh, not much changes, I would imagine, for your, uh, for your game plan between those two clubs. Yeah, I mean, I think our biggest thing this week is working on our power play. I mean, it, like I said, we had opportunities to uh, Friday night in Wheeling to at least tie the game and give us our chance to yeah. 
to, to get a win and again in uh, yesterday afternoon in Elmira. So I felt our power play over the last uh, little bit is really uh, something that we need to touch on, we need to work on, we need to put people in uh, be maybe better positions to succeed. So, uh, um, you know, that's definitely our focus this week. Rob? Going back to the whole uh, dressing of extra people, does that kind of give you the itch maybe to stra uh, strap them on one more time? You guys are shorthanded, or maybe maybe toss Castles out there for uh, one night if you guys well, get shorthanded? Well, I'd love to put Andrew Castles on our power play. It would be uh, it would be a lot of fun watching that, <laughs> um, you know. But obviously by league rules. But uh, I'd just be afraid watching Jim and them during warm up, and we had uh, Bronx. I don't know who they're laughing at more, Bronx or. Uh, uh, Rob Schreiner out there in warm-up. <laughs> Probably me. He, he has professional games under his belt. I certainly do not. Uh, I, well, I don't go that far with Rob Schreiner. <laughs> but I, I looked up there, and I could see Jim there having a good chuckle for, uh, for warm-up. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. So I, didn't want to, I don't know if I want to expose myself to going out there for warm-up, huffing and puffing with a red face, trying to just get through a warm-up. So I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, Rob. That's a good question. I don't know if I was, I, think, I don't know. It was hard to say what was going through my mind at that point because I did look up and see you laughing. And, you know, there was no, there was no embarrassment. I was happy to be there. But, you know, I, I ran out of gas pretty quickly. I will admit the adrenaline was pumping. You got to learn to not try to make every save, Brooks. Like, <laughs> learn from, like, Tyler Platt when he was in that. Yeah, well, you know, just yeah, take a, a couple fan and a couple. Nick's trying to save everyone, and Alex, you know, he's out of gas. And he's <laughs> I can look up. I got 10 more minutes left. Oh, no. Rob, did you have something now, else? Did you hear the Brunker chants when you came out on the ice? I did not. Actually, we were talking I, I about heard, that. I, I, heard I did a few not. chants out there. So. I, I appreciate that. That was that was entertaining. That was entertaining. You're, uh, mov you're moving closer and closer to Twister as the most popular cyclone. Inching, inching. Yeah. <laughs> Before you know it, I'm gonna have a bobblehead. I hope. I hope not. I certainly hope not. What about 35 in the rafters? That'll never happen. Ooh. Plus, that's not my real number anyway. That's a story for another day. We'll discuss that later. Um, uh, of course, on Friday, we told you before, the Knit Bomber hat will be with us. It's a winter hat night for the first 2,000 fans. We hope you'll be with us for that. Obviously, crowds have been unbelievable this year, and you can't say enough about, A, the, the fan support in this city. It's always been that way over the last few years, and, and this season ha has gone to a new level, and I know that you'll expect much of the same. It's a big difference for you guys. It makes a, a big difference. It is. I mean, when you, when you come out, you have that feeling in warm-up. You can tell there's going to be a good crowd, and, yeah. and, and when we step out for the, the start of the game, and you can really, really feel it there and uh, you know the way the games we've had this year at home have been uh, uh, so exciting and the way the crowds have been into it it's uh it's uh it's been a lot of fun and looking forward to friday night and on saturday it'll be mike liamba's kids jersey t-shirt night for the first 1500 kids ages 2 to 12 for uh, courtesy of rumkey and we hope that you are with us for both games if for some reason you can't be with us we'll be on the air rob and i I think, starting at 7.15 on Friday night at U.S. Bank Arena on the Cyclones Radio Network. For head coach Jared Scotty, for Brad Fogle and Ryan Ansley, who have been joining us kind of this afternoon and this evening, I'm Nick Brunker. We'll hear about you on Friday. We'll hopefully see you in person at U.S. Bank Arena. And until next week, good night. <laughs>